And welcome to another exciting edition of Crown Conversations. Joining me today, the ever-fantabulous Sarah A. And former LA Kings insider, in, uh, intern person, James Nicholson. <laughs> James and Sarah, thanks for joining me. Howdy. Thank you. That was your official title on the on the website, right? Like, insider intern person. <laughs> uh, it was actually... Uh, 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 stockpiled surplus subordinate. I had to shovel a lot of grain into a silo. Uh, they, it's we. It, the Kings actually have like their own like grain silo in uh, El Segundo. Not many people know that. Wow. Who knew hockey was uh, so blue collar? <laughs> no, we absolutely cannot start uh, over. That's perfect. <laughs> Let's spread some conspiracy theories while we're here. <laughs> Why yeah. not? Uh, Dean Lombardi was a doomsday prepper. Um, I would believe that. <laughs> I would actually believe that. Oh, uh, it's never a dull holding... podcast with you on, James. I'm so delighted. I bring out the worst in all of us. <laughs> worst, best, you know. Yeah, it's a fine line. But yes, again, thank you for having me. My actual title uh, when I was uh, working for the Kings was LA Kings Insider Assistant. So uh, Helene Elliott called me uh, Robin um, because I I was the Robin to John's Batman, not as a tribute to you, Robin. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I would be too. I mean, I, I I know how big of a fan Helene Elliott is of uh, podcasts. Particularly ones she's never heard of. Yep. <laughs> she loves blogs. <laughs> gosh, I, I'm already just like, I'm, oh gosh, why do you have me on? Because we all love and miss. fresh. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, okay. And because we know how much you love Tyler Toffoli. Tyler, <laughs> listen to me. Tyler, I know, I know it's nice to be with Tanner again. <laughs> and we all love that. Tyler, I hope, I hope Vancouver's treating you well. Because we miss you here. And we know you're a free agent after this year. And we do know the Kings have plenty of cap space. And Tyler, there's no Vancouver Dodgers. Dodger doesn't deserve Vancouver. 
Bring Dodger home. Well, on the because Tyler listens up to every episode. I know. Think of how cold that little dog will be in Vancouver. That little dog is not made for Vancouver weather. That no, dog is, is made not. for sunshine. <laughs> but also, while they're there, on the flip side, think of how many cute outfits that uh, how many cute outfits Cat can put. Dodger into so. Oh, that is tempting. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Now, now. I'm back. Okay. All right. Now that we've um, <laughs> strayed far from the path already, three minutes in. Thanks, James. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Jr. John Rosen, who unfortunately was in the latest round of cuts that came down. Boo. Hard boo. I already feel like I'm going to cry. Oh, guys, he's not dead. He's just unemployed, okay? <laughs> yeah, but, like, what if he goes to, like, work for, like, the Calgary Flames no. or something? Like, what if he ends up somewhere that I hate? Well, maybe he could move to Chicago and become a Chicago insider. I mean, that'd be okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um... It's weird to imagine L.A. Kings Insider without John Rosen on it. And, I mean, obviously, like, Rich Hammond was at the forefront of everything. But, um, I mean, John became such a personal extension of the team for the fans. That is true. I know somebody... Well, I know a few people because John, more often than not, ended up being a babysitter because some people take things way too seriously on that site. And, you know, Internet trolls are going to troll. And but anyway, so I know some people. Who... I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> As someone who has to who used to moderate on John's behalf. Oh, my God. That website. <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Oh, boy. For me, like, I feel like John Rosen's writing was what I sent to people whenever they were like, why should I care about the Kings? Like, the the way that he manages to write about a team and make it engaging and witty and interesting, even if it's the stupidest game, like, I would send his stuff to people and be like, this is why I like this stupid team. Um, and they would read it and be like, ah, yes, I get it. Uh, like, I feel like he had a really, you know, I, I don't know where his actual hockey fan loyalties lie. Michigan. Um, but he had a really good way of writing in a way, <laughs> NHL. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, had, had a really good, has a really good way had again, like he's not dead, just not writing about the Kings anymore. But like, it's a rare writer that can write something about a team that makes anyone want to read it, regardless of what team they actually like. Like I have friends who would follow him and read his stuff, even though they didn't care at all about the Kings and didn't like them. But, you know, having that engaging writing is still like, and and as a writer myself, like is something to, to aspire to and to want to, like more of in my life. So whenever he turns up as the new beat reporter for like the Seattle What's It's, um, I, I regret to announce that I'm going to become a <laughs> Seattle What's It fan. <laughs> so long as he doesn't go down behind the orange curtain, as Mayor would say, oh. then 
I think we're okay. That's a bridge too far, <laughs> my friend. It's close to home, though. Literally. Oh, man. Oh, but it's the ducks. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it well, is. It is. There are so many things I got to uh, learn about life by just working with John. Uh, one of my favorite things was after my first season, he sat me down and, uh, I was so nervous the entire time I worked for the Kings and about making any sort of mistake, saying anything that was like the least bit could be construed as offensive or inappropriate that I just didn't talk most of the time and was very bland. And John's like, dude, you need to lighten up a little bit and be funny and engaging like because i know you are and then i tried and it uh, i would like think it and then what would come out of my mouth was (laughs) i'm so sad about past you (laughs) (laughs) and uh (laughs) yeah i am too because like so much of what john was able to do beyond his outstanding outstanding writing ability was his ability to just be himself in every situation and he's such a likable smart guy um and he would just be himself he wouldn't change who he was it's like oh i don't like fisher the simpsons and john be like cool that's awesome i'm sure we have other things in common but here's a hans molman reference um he was never short on Simpsons references, though. I will give him that. Never. Never. Um, it was great because I, I love The Simpsons. I love The Big Lebowski. And, like, we would make those references to each other all the time. But we would always make the ones that the other person wouldn't get. And it would just lead to awkward silences. Oh, that's the most adorable bromance I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um so, yeah, and I'm already getting us so off topic again, but at least I'm staying on the John Rosen topic. <laughs> um, one of the coolest things I got to see him do in the, the few years I, I worked with him was um, see him handle really terrible things in a really... Uh, outstanding manner and I this is John's story to tell but one of the great things about John is that he gave people his personal email address like anybody could email him if they were a fan of the Kings and ever looked on LA Kings Insider enough and some people would email him really terrible super offensive awful things and he would be undeterred in his pursuit of being a, a writer and blogger, a reporter for the fans. Where he would just be like, alright, this guy clearly sucks and has problems, but I've gotten to meet so many other cool people through this. That's really cool. Yeah, and again, sorry, John, I, I don't want to uh, 
I kept this vague. I shouldn't have brought it up. You guys, I'm bad at this. <laughs> this was your idea, by the way. <laughs> we'll it. it was. It was. It was an excuse to talk with you guys. Well, I'm always down for that. <laughs> yeah, it's but. it's going to be difficult for John's replacement, whoever that ends up being. And I have a feeling I know who it will be, and I have some concerns about that. But, you know, if, if it's not who I think it, it will be, because, um, I mean, John's, John's a really great guy, you know, really, really big heart and all, and he really loves this person. But I just, I feel like writing-wise, it, it's definitely going to be big shoes to fill for whoever comes next. Yeah, um, I mean, one of the things that makes John's writing so unique, and, I, and please, if you guys agree, disagree, let me know, is that John writes like he's sitting on the couch talking with you. Yeah. Um, like he's almost showing you, he's literally showing you pictures and videos from his phone with the way he writes <laughs> stuff. And it's 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 so personally engaging and fun. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's like it's for me. It's kind of the the gold standard of hockey writing of what I want to see from the person covering my team. Like, you know, if we want, you know, stats, and if we want the like controversial what's it's like, you know, we we have the athletic, we have whatever, but. You know, I think there is an angle that he could bring that's a little more human in a way. Like, it's about the team, but it's also about the team as people, like, as a character almost. Um, and, like, yeah, like like you said, like, it's like he's just sitting, like, talking to you. And I feel like I didn't really realize that as much until I actually met him and, like, talked to him in person. And I was like, this is like an article. Like, it, it's just who who what you read on the page is, like who he is as a dude and like I'm just so bummed I was so mad I was like I'm not gonna lie I was so mad at the kinks when I saw when I saw the the announcement post because and like this is a team that needs that kind of voice that it needs someone to be engaging to especially given how crummy they are to you know to, to places that have not already won their seal of approval. Um, I've just like crossed us off of getting their seal of approval ever again, I guess. I don't know. Um, but you know, there aren't that many voices out there talking about the Kings in a way that is personable and interesting and fun. And like, I, I, this is a team that is bad and is rebuilding. And you would think that they would want to like eke every last little bit of like, social media blog whatever goodwill out to keep people engaged but you know capitalism is what it is and the dollar talks but i think it blows <laughs> you know this is i think a bigger theme and, and i am going to take this very seriously for a second and um just talk about danny zollers who recently passed away and danny uh, had been the uh, head of in-game entertainment for the Kings at Staples Center and was, I, I think, the best in the biz. The way he would transform Staples Center 
from I think he started in 2008 or 9. Like they were a bad team and they were still so much fun to go see because of the in arena experience. And I mean if you guys I I, I don't know about how far back things go and how often you were at Staples Center or the farm before or anything, but like I would recognize people at Staples Center like, oh, I, they're there again. They're a, a real fan like me. And th- so many things changed once the arena became a more fun place to just be in. And then it, the excitement for the team just kept building and, and, you know, the plan with Dean Lombardi and everything else. And right now with the Kings in a rebuild, like there's something to be said about making things still enjoyable and fun and engaging for the fans. And yeah, to your point, Sarah, like it, it, it seems like maybe a little bit of that is missing. And like, I, I say it like semi tongue in cheek, but it is true that like, you know, when people ask me, how did I become a Kings fan? How did I like get stuck with this team? You know, my, my number one answer is spite, which is also true. And my number two answer is the lasers, <laughs> um, which, you know, is you know not, not the full story, but um, I was the, the things that my friends who have been lifelong Kings fans used to draw me in was legit like LA Kings insider sending me John Rosen blog posts and sending me like fun media stuff and like the whole um, black parade, which I know was a Danny Zollers thing. Um, you know, mm-hmm. just, just the whole media presentation, the in-game presentation. Like the first time I actually went to Staples Center to see a game, like it was like kid in a candy shop because everything like I was like, this is perfect. Like every, this is everything I wanted. Um, and there was sort of that golden moment in, in King's history where, you know, they, they had the in-game presentation, they had the product on the ice, they had the media, pre- like, you know, John Rosen and the media at that aspect of it to, to feed bits and pieces to you. You know, this is before the athletic, it, you know, they, you didn't have that. Um, and so what I got was my friends being like, here, read this article. And it's John Rosen talking about air conditioning units. And I'm like, this is freaking great. Like, this is what <laughs> I want to do is, you know, that irreverent kind of way of looking at something that, you know, doesn't take itself too seriously, but you still know. And when there is a serious topic to at hand, you know, it will be handled well. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is what got me into the Kings was, you know, my friends gently nudging me with the media content and the videos and everything that were coming out from, from LA. And I really wonder what it's going to look like now, you know, without some of those voices that I think were well-developed and original. I think that a lot of hockey writing has sort of the same voice now. Um, and, you know, you can pick one person up and Swift, switch them with someone who plays who writes for another team and you're reading the same article it's just about like you know Steven Stamkos instead of Anja Kopitar like I just picked that at random I'm not making fun of the lightning or anything um, but you know mm-hmm. to, to have a voice that is 
that unique and like as a person roughly the same age as John Rosen to read writing that is about a, t a sport that I like and a team that I like that has many of the same cultural like touch points that I have um, you know maybe not the fish so much uh, but I, I you know I, I still get it um, also just felt really good to be like this person is writing like for me um, in, in a way uh, you, you, now there's so many people who I'm like you're you're a 22 year old <laughs> like, I'm like hey, you write nice but I can't relate to any of your jokes <laughs> I'm an old millennial man one of my favorite things about John is one day he made a bunch of Mr. Show references and that is John's other uh, uh, you know cultural touchstone and I didn't get it because I hadn't seen it. So he right then and there bought me the complete series on DVD and like had it sent to me. And like one day, like, yeah, like I don't listen to a lot of fish. And then one day he's like, all right, I'm buying you Billy breaths and like, or Billy breathes, whatever it is. And like, it got me into fish <laughs> and like it, his passion for things is infectious. And that's part of what makes him so much fun. And his passion for just covering the team, for doing his day-to-day -day job, I felt was was shared by so many of the people on LA Kings Insider. And it would be so easy to have phoned it in these past, like, two, three years. It'd be so easy. And to to know that even in, like, these tough times when the team is bad and there's not a lot to look forward to, especially last season... Um, to know that you, you would still get, um, I, I said it on Twitter, like the honesty, like, which I feel like a lot of bad teams kind of try to shove it under the rug, especially the official team news outlet. Um, but I, I knew that if they played bad, if they, if, you know, Drew Doughty quit on half of his shifts or whatever, that, you know, he's not getting away with it. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be on there. And so, so that mm -hmm. the, the honesty I felt was really refreshing. I didn't feel like anyone was trying to, uh, to bullshit me essentially that, that I wasn't reading something that was like PR, you know, all the rough edges sanded off or whatever. And I think that's getting increasingly rare, uh, especially in, you know, a media person employed by the team uh, to, to not have, to have to have that like more autonomy i guess to be able to be like yeah this game sucked like and not have to be like well you know everything's great we're last in the division you know john there was times where i would see newspaper writers be resentful of john being employed by or weary of john being employed by the team where they're like yeah but how can we take you seriously they cut your paycheck and there would be times where, you know, bloggers would, you know, as they would, like, um, you know, talk amongst themselves, like, yeah, we're just doing what John does. He just has a press pass and we don't. And John was, was kind of trapped in this world by himself and made friends with everybody, I thought. Like, he conducted himself so well, so professionally, uh, and with... Uh, he he's just always very genuine. I mean, not to like P 
peel the curtain back too much. We, we're peeling the curtain back a little bit, but not a ton to, tonight. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the handful of games that I went to in L.A. and was credentialed for, um, the, the, the first time I went, like, I had regular press box access, but that was it. Like, they were like, you're not allowed to breathe on our players. That's fine. Um, and then I came mm-hmm. back, and the next time I came back, they actually gave me full access. And I was like, this is great. I don't know what to do. And um, I happened <laughs> to run in to John earlier that morning at El Segundo to watch King's practice. And he and I talked for a little while. Um, and, you know, I, I just said to him point blank, I'm like, you can say no to this if you think this is too weird. But, you know, I explained the situation. Like, I've never been to a game before with this much access. I don't really know where I'm supposed to go, when I'm supposed to go. Uh, like, can I just follow you around? I'm like, you don't even have to acknowledge me if you want to, like, <laughs> but can I just follow you so I know where to go? Um, and he kind of took me under his wing that night and, you know, let me sit with him and, like, kind of kind of showed me the ropes and, you know, let me know where to go and let me follow him. And, you know, just to, just A, just to get to see him work was definitely, like, me being like, I, I want to do this. I want this job. How do I get this job? Um, but he didn't have to do that. He could have just been like, who I've met you twice. Like what you don't even go here? Um, because I've certainly had media. <laughs> you don't even go to the school. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've certainly had people who, you know, have not treated me that well, um, at various organizations. And he could have just been like, no, sorry, you're on your own. But you know, the, the fact that he, without hesitation, you know, offer, you know, offered to connect me with anyone. He's like, if I, if I ever have any problems, like now I'm like, man, who's my person on the inside? Cause he was like, if you ever need to talk to someone and you're not getting emails returned, like, you know, just let me know. Like just, just the fact that he would go above and beyond for someone who he only vaguely knew, uh, was really striking to me because this, we all know that sports media is like a garbage industry and, that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you never know what you're going to get from any person that you reach out to. And, you know, to me, I was just like, oh, yeah, he really is a good guy. Like, he didn't have to do any of that. But um, it, it made me feel also, like, respected as as a person and as taken seriously as a writer, like, that, that I wasn't just kind of brushed off. So um, it, it meant a lot to me. And that was just, like, two times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I will share one very fun story. Um, the Rangers, when they returned in the 14-15 season to Staples Center, so it's their first time being there since they lost the Stanley Cup in Game 5 in double overtime. And in the locker room afterwards, um, like New York media, there's so many people. That locker room for the visiting team is not huge. Uh, the I remember... It wasn't Lundqvist. It was the other goalie at the time had, like, just dropped his pads on the floor. Like, stuff was everywhere. It was a way more chaotic than usual room. And the scrum, whenever there was New York or, like, certain Canadian markets, whenever their media was there, it, like, the the media scrums became kind of physical. Like, you had to plant yourself in a spot and not budge um, because people were going to try to do that. And... I, I'm getting audio, I'm getting quotes, and I'm really trying to hone my craft at asking questions to the players. And I see that no one is talking to Mark Stahl. Because why would they? And <laughs> Ouch. 
Ugh, just vanilla as a human being. Um, but no, uh, in all honesty, as a guy who loves a great stay-at-home defenseman, I really liked Mark Stahl. And so I go over there, and then there's one very veteran, very cantankerous New York reporter, and uh, he proceeds to ask these questions, and he asks three questions, and I thought of two of the three, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay, like, I'm getting better. Like, this is a veteran reporter. Like, I'm on the same train of thought as this guy. And then just kind of walk away. Like, I'm not going, okay, cool, and move on to the next scrum and everything else. And later on, there's still a lot of media in the room. A lot of the players have cleared out. Um, it's a TV interview going on. And... Um, I'm kind of standing by myself behind the cameraman watching uh, this this interview. And this reporter comes over to me and says, you can't use any of those quotes. That was an exclusive interview. No, it's not exclusive. It was in the <laughs> locker room post game. They're available for everybody. He, he then proceeds to call me a bunch of names and cuss at me and then take two steps backwards and then lean in and say another cuss word and take two steps back again. So um, I thought that was... I was just kind of like, huh? And so afterwards, we go, we did something that we normally didn't do. Normally, the coach is interviewed in the hallway outside of the, the dressing room. Instead, they put us into another room for Elaine Vigneault. And then, as we're walking out of Elaine Vigneault, I go up to this reporter and say, hey, don't do that to people. You can't talk to me like that. And proceeds to uh, yell at me in front of a bunch of people. And. I yell back, and then uh, this cantankerous reporter leaves. And by the time I get back up to the press box, John is, like, ready for me to come, to, to come out the elevator. He's like, what <laughs> happened down there? Like, John was nowhere near it, but knew. <laughs> and... Um, uh, Josh Cooper and Abby Mastraco were on my side about how things happened, and like I felt better personally. And I kind of went through it with John, and I did that weird thing where you're telling somebody something, and you just have adrenaline going, and then your voice kind of cracks, and it sounds like you're about to cry. Oh no! And then I got super embarrassed. Oh. <laughs> and John's like, "Hey, you know what? You should take tomorrow off, bud." <laughs> You're like, well, it wasn't planned. You had a hard night. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe take some rest and take the day off. Yeah. And uh, John had someone with the the PHWA, the Professional Hockey Writers Association, sort of take up my case, even though, like, I I didn't necessarily pursue it, but I'm just like, he, like, this reporter can't treat people like that. That's not cool. Um, and I don't know if anything ever happened. I, I doubt it did. But, um, yeah. And, but the, the fact that uh, the, the scared, quiet uh, assistant intern still had someone uh, sticking up for him made me feel a little bit taller in that moment. That's a great story, James. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it was very trying. All right. Well, we should probably uh, wrap this up. Um, You know, like I said before, definitely big shoes to fill. Um, Hopefully, 
my my concern with this is that um, see pre two thousand I think it was nine or ten whenever Paul Hammond uh, sorry Rich Hammond um, when Rich Hammond first started the Insider I mean he had to really fight the team tooth and nail in order to get the Insider up so I'm really hoping that the team just doesn't let the insider kind of laps and just kind of go, oh, well, you know, mm -hmm. what can you do? So we, we will miss John and his excellent scouting reports. And uh, I can't wait to read about him joining the athletic. Covering the Everett Silver Tips. <laughs> the first WHL coverage to make I it bet to he would love that. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even hire him. He's doing it pro bono. <laughs> That sounds expensive. <laughs> That's one really expensive hobby. Suddenly, suddenly SB Nation has a WHL site. <laughs> mysterious. This John Rosen person. Written by like, written by like Ron Joseph. <laughs> hey, it says all things hockey. <laughs> Oh. Everett's a great family town. That would be like, oh. it'd be sad to lose him in LA. Not that he's still with the Kings or whatever, but I don't know. I don't know how any of this is going to work because stupid COVID-19 has ruined everything. It sure has. And uh, real quick, I love John's opinions about other sports. Like, he is very well-educated. Like, he was a baseball broadcaster. Uh, he covered the Clippers. He covered a bunch of other sports. He's a huge soccer fan. Uh, he is a super smart dude. And, yeah, it, whatever team he ends up covering, I will pay attention to that coverage and probably that team as a result. Like, yeah, same. Even if it means I have to learn a new sport, which I don't want to do, but I will. Like, I might have to draw the line if he, like, goes to work for Michigan or something. I went to Penn State. I don't know. That's, like, a bridge too far. Like, I don't know if I can if I can do that. It would be the equivalent of, like, him going to the Ducks. But, like, I, I, I'd check in every so often. I don't know if I could, like, read, you know, daily Michigan football coverage or something. But we'll, we'll see. Mm -hmm. What about daily Michigan hockey coverage? I mean, same. Like, they're <laughs> rivals, and I hate them. But for John Rosen, I would read it. What about Middle Tennessee softball coverage? <laughs> oh, God. I guess. Is it one of the cool teams with, like, a ridiculous mascot? Like, because oh, uh, then, then, then I'd be in. I'm going to look this up. Right? The, like, fighting pigeons or something. The fighting pigeons. <laughs> Uh, mascot. They are the lightning. Oh, oh, that's not fun at all. No, well, there's the one team that's like the trash pandas or whatever. Oh, like come on. Oh, the football team is the Blue Raiders. It has potential. Yeah, maybe I, I, I can get down with the Blue Raiders. Hmm. I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, wherever John lands, it's definitely going to be a really lucky team. We were lucky to have him for as long as we did. So thanks for everything, John, and good luck in the future. We will support you wherever you go, unless it's Michigan. In that case, we'll just check in and say I'll hi try. every once in a while. 
<laughs> we'll side with Jen and root for Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, that's painful, too. <laughs> Big Ten rivalries, man. <laughs> All 13 schools. They've got that rivalry in the Big Ten. Listen, we can't, we can't count. <laughs> I'm seeing your student athletes. Yeah. <laughs> can't even spell because the the big is spelled like the g is supposed to kind of like emulate a zero i guess but every time i read it i just see like b1g and i'm like this is kind of lame look i took like one and a half math classes in college so (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you to sarah and james for joining me tonight this has been an update on our hockey coverage uh, we will be back with more LA Kings specific stuff come July, August, question mark, whenever they decide to do the draft, I guess. Draft I mean, it's not like the... soon? Oh, yeah, that's happening. Wait, I thought that was after the lottery. The lottery's like the 20-something, so, so we'll, we'll find out soon how bad we failed at that. Well, so I guess, you know, Detroit's going to get the first overall pick and then they're going to have the Detroit Grand Slam because apparently all of their teams suck all at once. Woo! Go Detroit! <laughs> I was going to say, you as a uh, a big Penn State fan, you're not, you're not that excited, Sarah. Well, I just know that Ottawa's going to ruin it for all of us. Oh, God, probably. Draft two players they fall in love with and then don't re-sign? <laughs> they they just resigned their one draft pick. Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, they gave him a yeah. big extension. Yeah, but they'll trade him away after everyone falls in love with him. Probably. That's the senator's way. <laughs> just they'll 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 trade him away. How old is he? Like 23, 24 now? And he, well, they'll trade him away like right as he's entering his peak or just after he enters his peak and then there's going to be all downhill from there. Yep. Man, well, it's such a shame for Eugene Melnick. He seems like such a nice guy. Okay, end the podcast. <laughs> On that note, I really do think we should end. So thanks again to Sarah and James. More LA Kings specific coverage uh, to come, but the conversation on race and racism and hockey will be continuing. So stick around, folks. Thanks a lot. Bye, guys.